The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapadia here. Phillies drop game two of the world. I was hoping to talk to these guys on a, on a bright note on, oh my gosh, Phillies are up 2-0. They got greedy. They're coming back home. They're going to finish it in four or five. That did not happen. They dropped game two of the World Series, 5-2. Series tied 1-1, coming back to Philadelphia. But my guys, the High Hopes boys, a big hit on the Ringers Philly special post-game pods. James Seltzer. Jack Fritz, I, I should direct questions at each of you because you're not together right now. James, how we doing? Yeah, I could see it in your face. You're, you, you were hoping they stole one. You wanted to be in a celebratory mood. Uh, how are you dealing with this loss right now? Yeah, I'm just bummed that two of the three times we've come on here, it's after a loss. <laughs> like, it's, it's incredibly disappointing. But look, I went into tonight not expecting to win. Like, in all, like, it just... It just didn't feel like we were going to come home up to nothing, right? Like what? Yeah. I know that it's been a magical ride and so many things have gone right and all that, but like I just couldn't envision it. And look, they've lost the second game of each of the last two series in more annoying fashion than tonight the last two that's times. True. If that's incredibly possible, I mean, let's not forget the last time they lost a game two, they had a four nothing lead. So it's frustrating. Obviously, I have no voice left, which is like a really fun part of this whole thing as I continue to talk into microphones. Um, but look, I never expected them to to take both out there. I'm okay. I said I would be okay coming in. But yeah, man, like tonight wasn't fun and it's been super fun. And we got an all-time classic last night. We couldn't come yeah. on with you after the all-time, fil- one I of know. the great wins in franchise history. But um, we love you, buddy. And we're here even in a loss. That That's how much we care about you, pal. I timed it out poorly, Jack. I feel like you're the king of you get in the you get in the right headspace when the game's not going your way. You start thinking, "Hey, 
1-1 going back to Philly. It's all good. Is, is that sort of... Because James is right. It wasn't that annoying of a game. It was kind of like a, they don't have it today kind of game. And you just sat there. Well, maybe something good will happen. We'll see. But it wasn't like they blew a big lead or they had 10 opportunities. How were you reacting to the game as it was un, uh, unfolding? Get me back to Citizens Bank Park. That's all I was thinking about. <laughs> and And if you want my honest opinion, like full spin zone and turn this whole thing yeah. back around... I thought the Phils outplayed the Astros tonight. Oh, buddy! There I thought you go. I thought they outplayed the Astros, yep. and I think if if Schwarber, I don't, I don't. That's a Jack opinion. Let's say not a high hopes opinion. I don't think it's crazy. Go yeah. ahead, make the case. I don't think it's crazy. Here's what I'm saying: is that if Edmundo Sosa makes a good throw in the first inning, or Reese Hoskins can play competent first base, or Matt Veerling yeah. gets behind a baseball like a center fielder should, um, you know, I think that's a two run game. The obviously Wheeler hung the slider to to Bregman, whatever we know that happened. But if Schwarber keeps that ball fair or hits it <sighs> three inches further, um, that's a much closer ball game, and I don't know how it totally turns out. So, like it was, it was just a like the the best way I can explain it. Shield is they lost in a very normal way. Like it wasn't yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it wasn't soul crushing. They lost in a normal way. It's not the end of the world. Um, but I, I continue to come back to I think they can play this Astro scene. And I, I feel like heading into the series, the, the talk around the nation was, oh, the Phils are gonna get blown out. Like the Phils, the Phils can't can't contain themselves against this Astros yeah. team. And through two games, like I have legitimately felt like the Phils have played better baseball. Um, and when I when I look at the pitchers on the Astros, and we talk about, oh, I don't know how they're going to hit Verlander. How they're gonna, like, I thought they would beat Verlander, and I thought they would lose to Framber Valdez. Like I know these guys aren't household names. Like Verlander is, Valdez isn't. But for real baseball fans and diehard baseball fans, like we were always more nervous about the Valdez start. Um, yep. The biggest concern for me tonight, Shield, is Zach Wheeler's health. Because Let's talk about it. The the fact that he was sitting ninety five was a little bit worrisome. I'm sure we'll get into it. That's the only concern I have about tonight. Well, yeah that that was the first topic I wanted to get to. Honestly, I mean, because you mentioned it, like beginning of the series, series, you would have said, "Hey, one one going back to Philadelphia." We'd all say, "Okay, great, yeah, Louis, we, that's where we would love to be." How they got there is very different than how they thought they, uh, they would get there. You know, if you would have told me, hey, Nola and Wheeler are kind of going to get shelled a little bit in games one and two to varying degrees. You know, it's not like they gave up eight, ten runs and we're out in the second or third inning, but didn't give you the starts you got. I would have probably said, oh, you know, they might be looking at 0-2, but the bullpen has pitched eight and a third scoreless innings <laughs> through the first two games. They're, they're keeping up with this Astros bullpen, which I did not expect through the first two games. But... This is the thing with Wheeler. This is the big question because it's, did he just have a bad start? Because he's allowed to have a bad start. The guy's been lights out. You can't do it every game. Or is this a shoot? I don't know if we can rely on him when he has to get out there again in this series. So he pitches five innings, six hits, five runs, four earned, three walks, three Ks. Uh, There were concerns about his velocity, as you mentioned there, early on. And so James, as you're watching that and taking in how Wheeler looked tonight, obviously as the rough first inning there, is this a one game? I trust him when he's back out there, or is this a shoot? He might be running out of gas. There might be an injury, you know, whatever negative direction you want to take it. How do you see it? 
Yeah, well, my first thought was actually something we didn't talk about a ton going into the game was the the ball he took off the leg and you know that last Ooh. inning pitch in that game. Like, and we talked about this on the I Hope Spot we just did, and and you know Jack, it kind of jived with what Jack was seeing with the lower half and and you know kind of the struggles there, and because it doesn't make sense if it's a if it's an arm issue. Like, yes, he's run out of gas in in every postseason start. But it's after being dominant for six innings, right? Like right. tonight, he just didn't have it, and he was he was off from the start. So I thought about that leg thing, and and Thompson even kind of mentioned it when they were asking about going with Nolan game one over Wheeler before the series, and he kind of like was like, oh yeah, you know, a little bit of a bruise there. You know, we think it's okay, the extra day of rest, and kind of moved past it. But I think maybe it it might have been a bigger effect than we thought. It it's at least for me like trying to figure out what makes the most sense after how good this guy's looked. I mean, you talked about on the last pod we did with you, like, like on way on his way to like a, a record whip in playoff history. Yeah. And, and, you know, we had said five earned runs, but it's really two because the error that wasn't an error. Like, I, I just think when you look at the way he's pitched so far, the idea that he would get this extra day, get in the world series, and then just all of a sudden look like a completely different pitcher who didn't have his fastball was pitching differently because of it just because he ran out of gas now, like, I guess it's possible, but I think it's far more likely that the bottle of the leg was a bit more of an issue than we thought. And I think it hurt him tonight. Jack, what did you think? What did you see? You agree with that? So it looked like to me that he was cutting himself off. And what makes Zach Wheeler so good is that, you know, when he has full health in the left knee is that like he can get over his front side and like fully finish, but he was throwing so many like sinkers tonight it was like 94, 95 instead of four seamers because I think that he, in his head, he had to throw as many strikes with his fastball as he could, and he felt like the only way to do that was throw the sinker, 95, pitch the contact. We're not going to be big strikeout guys tonight. Um, and he looked like he was cutting himself off. Like, I am used to Zach Wheeler not being able to locate his slider very well, and the reason why he gets so many swings and misses on his slider is because his fastball is usually so dominant that they both come in on the same plane and then the slider darts to the left and his fastball rises a little bit. Um, and tonight he was throwing a two-seam sinker pitch, um, whereas usually he's a four-seam up-in-the-zone guy. I don't think he had the feeling in his left knee to be able to fully finish mm -hmm. and fully get the job done. Um, so you hope that now he has five days to fully sit on it and fully rest and and you know not worry about pitching until game six, that it becomes... Um, that he becomes more healthy, but at the same time, like I, 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 it was the the Ken Rosenthal report. I think in like the second inning, where it was like, yeah, Zach's going to pitch about eighty to ninety pitches. I'm like, listen, it, 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 he's been back from this injury for a while now, or the 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 Phantom IL stint. You know, right. like eighty ninety pitches should not be his limit. It didn't calculate in my head. And when I saw him pitch, I thought about the knee thing. I felt like he was cutting himself off. Didn't look like usual Zach Wheeler. It started to add up that, yes, I think the knee is a, 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 a more of an issue than I thought it would be heading into the game. It's interesting. I guess there's no, there's no way to really know. They're not going to come out and say it. We'll see how he pitches uh, his next time out there. Matt Gell made the point that before he went on the IL, you know, he this was kind of the velocity we saw from him uh, then, and he had a 3.07 ERA at that time. So that you know, this is kind of what he looked like for most of the season before that stint. But yeah, the three extra base hits to start the game. I mean, I don't remember ever seeing anything like this. Two two pitches, and, it's, and you're down one nothing. Four pitches. 
changes and you're down to nothing. And then you mentioned it, the Sosa era uh, error. So that's hard to say, Sosa era, uh, <laughs> that Hoskins couldn't pick there at first base. And all of a sudden it's uh, it's three nothing. What about uh, what about Aaron Nola? You know, we talked about Wheeler because we you know, I want to look ahead for a lot of this. Uh, Aaron Nola, are we more confident that hey, that was a bad start? There's nothing physically wrong there uh, more or less concerned than you would have with Wheeler. Jack, why don't you take uh, this one first kind of in his next start? Well, I think I think getting Nola at home is a massive advantage. You know, I think he pitches well behind that crowd, um, and they'll get him going. You know, um, it was interesting because he really just had one bad inning yesterday, and I know yeah. that's been the it thing. Didn't feel like he was, it didn't feel like he was getting just like yeah crushed the entire time. Right, and that's honestly that's been the thing that's kind of sunk Nola the last couple of years. It's like really good, really good, really good, blow up inning, comes back out, really good, really good, really good. So it was almost classic from that from that standpoint. But I do think that him being at home, and I think part of their reasoning, injury, we'll see with Zach Wheeler, but I think part of the reason they wanted to set up the rotation this way is that Nola can pitch game five at home. you know, And I think that they trust Zach Wheeler can go on the road and get the job done in, in opposing stadiums, especially in opposing stadium like Minute Maid Park. Like, you want to talk about one of the softest sporting environments I've ever been in? Like, it, it was so not loud. I, I felt like I was sitting in a minor league stadium, frankly. Like, it was, it, there was no juice. Again, I said this on a podcast last night, but for a, for a ballpark that's called Minute Maid, Minute Maid Park, no juice. Um, <laughs> And I think that I think that Nola at he home. loves himself right now. James is look, James he, has the look of yeah. a man who's heard this uh, yes. fourteen times yes. already, and has who, yes. who has talked to Jack yes. for like four hundred hours in the yes. last three weeks, and is like, all right, one way or another, a week from now, the baseball season's gonna be over. <laughs> Hopefully, the Phillies are World Series champs, but at this time next week, there's gonna be no more uh, no more baseball. Yeah, here, here's what I'll say, Sheila. He was just as proud of himself last time he made that. Joke joke that's what i'll say you know the bad part is like frankly the bad part is i didn't realize it until people started mentioning it to me on twitter because i tweeted just frankly like i felt like this place had no juice and they said like haha because of minute may park and i was like you know what? <laughs> that's a good joke i'm gonna take that and bring it on the podcast with uh with james and shield so um listen ballpark had no juice but i like that noel's pitching at home so you know, it's been two straight kind of meh starts for Knowles yeah. after pure dominance. So um, I, I just have this feeling that at home, I think we get a, a throwback, a throwback Knowles performance. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! 
the, yeah, there were crowd shots even today. You know, like you guys know, the, the games at Citizens Bank Park, when there's two strikes, I mean, everyone's going nuts. It doesn't matter what point in the game. And it was kind of funny. It was late in the game and they, I forget who was batting. And it's like a, you know, one, two, two, two count. And there's like three people in the stands, mm-hmm. like kind of slowly waving their towels, uh, clapping a little bit. And everyone else is sort of just sitting down there. James, let's get to the bats. Uh, the bats tonight. Why don't we just start in the top of the eighth? Because I sort of, I don't, I wasn't all the way there with Jack that the Phillies outplayed him. But as I sort of recapped uh, before the show, I was like, you know, they did have some chances to kind of chip away there. Uh, two opportunities specifically, top of the sixth. Uh, Schwarber and Hoskins are on. Real Muto strikes out, and then Harper grounds into the double play. That was one that sort of felt like a dagger. You felt like, shoot, you need something there. You don't have to get all five back, but get something there. And then top of the eighth, the Schwarber bat where he hits at 403 feet. And he looked like the only one in the, on the field who knew it wasn't a home run. He was didn't seem that enthusiastic, but he's like, hey, you tell me I'm supposed to run mm-hmm. the bases. I'll run the bases. It comes back. And then he gets hold of the next one, goes all the way there to the warning track, but gets uh, gets caught there. And then you still had a chance, you know, in, in that inning. Harper, two on two out versus Montero. Montero had 29 pitches going into that bat, but uh, Harper couldn't come through this time. Ploops out to shallow right field where the two guys almost ran into each other. Uh, those moments specifically, James, or anything else with the lineup that you felt like, man, they, you know, they had some opportunities or they didn't come through today. Yeah. Look again, I, I do go back to, it just wasn't their night. I think across yeah. the board, but but I'm with you. Look, I think that Harper at bat against Montero, that was really like where I was like, all right, game over. Like that felt like game over. It was like, all right, this is the moment where if if, if this night is going to change and and be magical like last night was, it's happening right now. And it and it didn't. And obviously the Schwerber back to back gut punches like that was just crushing. Cause like you, you felt like in that moment when he's running around the bases, it's like, all right, you know. Yeah. Two-run lead is a lot different than yeah. a four-run lead. You know, it's like, all right, you know, you're a, a bloop and a blast, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think both those moment combines were just kind of like, you know, that's why, why I led with the it's not our night because those were those it's not our night moments, you know? Yeah. The Schwarber thing alone, like, is there ever more a it's not your night than a situation like that? Like, it just, you know, the it, what, things didn't go the Phillies' way. Obviously, I think that Harper at bat was tough, and he's come through so much as playoffs. It's not like you can, you know, get on him for it. But but that was that was that was, in my opinion, the spot where it was all right, game over. But on the whole, again, it didn't. To Jack's point from earlier, it didn't really feel like they they missed opportunities or you know they they didn't come through. It just felt like look, the Astros scored early, got on him, and the Phillies were never able really to get anything real going. And and the couple times, really the only time, because the Harper thing is just getting out and it felt like it was going to be a moment. But the Schwarber thing is the only part where it's like, oh, that, it really felt like it might turn around there and it didn't. But, you know, other than that, it just felt like, you know, and, and look, I think there were opportunities in the sense that I thought Dusty left Montero in too long. I thought he left Framber in too long. Like, I think Dusty continues to make, and obviously you know, played a role in losing them the game yesterday with his decisions to leave Verlander and when he did to leave to go to Luis Garcia instead of Ryan Stanek in the tenth. Like there are multiple things Dusty did to give that game away yesterday. And I think tonight he didn't manage a particularly good game either. They just won the game. I do think Dusty is an advantage coming here. I do think he's gonna continue to to get outmanaged for the most part than Thompson and make mistakes and the Phillies need to take advantage of him. 
And tonight I they li- didn't. I, I like that angle. All right. Next topic I want to get to. I don't think James is going to want to uh, talk about this. I, I'm curious to hear how much you guys talked about it on the High Hopes pod because I saw some of your tweets, James. And I know you're you're again kind of see you're looking. Oh, oh by gosh, the cheat, compl- the cheating thing. Huh? That's <laughs> the oh, cheating. Yeah. I don't know what Jack's uh, angle on this is. So let you listen. So uh, here are the things that stood out. Maldonado's up in the uh, early innings, and and uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on the guy? Uh, the, 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 Tom Verducci. The, Verducci. I mean, yep. uh, yeah. Tom, Tom Verducci comes on and says Maldonado was using an illegal bat uh, yesterday that Albert Pujols, you know, turning into a real feel good story that Albert Pujols gave him this bat and uh, they found out it was a legal bat. And he said, I think he's using a different one today, but he couldn't even say conclusively that he was using a different one today. That was one. Uh, and then two is everyone's just, you know, looking at everything on Valdez with the moisture and there's the Zapruder films of him wiping his hands on his shirt uh, aggressively going into the inning. Uh, Toppers asked about it afterwards and maybe the most uh, shocking thing of the night is Topper is referencing Twitter. I mean, I don't know. Does he have an account? Does he have a burner? Uh, he knows what it is. That that I thought was pretty surprising. I mean, those were the the two things. Jack, your uh, your thoughts on the potential of this uh, franchise that had the most, uh, you know, blatant, intricate cheating scandal probably since we've been alive in uh, in professional sports, potentially not being on the up and up with some of these things we saw today. Uh, the only thing that should be investigated <laughs> is, uh, listen, they made Schwarber run all the way around and then had to come back <laughs> home late. His legs, his legs were clearly tired. You know, if he's at full strength, he's hitting the ball 404 feet. And thus, uh, you know, that's a closer game. Let me just say this. Um, I'm so excited. I, I literally, I actually have no idea, uh, what side of this you're, you're going to be on. I think we as a fan, (laughs) fan base, uh, need to mature a little bit. Like, no, no, dude, I I could, the Maldonado (laughs) thing. I said this on high hopes, like, Martin Maldonado could go up to bat with an aluminum stealth comp from 2006, and I wouldn't be afraid of him at all. Like, there is no bat in the... It could have been, like, Sammy Sosa corked, and I'm not afraid of Martin Maldonado. Like, I do not care about that. Like, we gotta we gotta move past it. I'm sorry. Like, that's not a change in the outcome of any game. It also wasn't corked. It wasn't a corked bat. It was a bat that is outlawed because it, it breaks in a weird way that it can hurt people. It's not even a bat that gives an advantage. Like, what are we doing here? Okay, listen, that's a great point. But how about when you report this on national TV to millions of people, you explain that part. That part was not explained at all about why that's it was fair. an illegal bat. All he, all he says, he just sneaks it in there. Oh, yeah. Got grandfathered in with Albert Pujols. He sent him some bats. He's using these bats. You're not allowed to use these bats. Uh, I don't think he's using them anymore today. And for this specific franchise that has, again, had this cheating scandal, what kind of report is that? I didn't find out. After the game, I look at it. Oh, because it fractures easily. Yeah. That would have been good information to have in the third inning. It's whenever, a bad job. Uh, it's a bad job in yeah. the broadcast. Whenever uh, it was reported. So yeah, once I found that out, you know, I was very excited to kind of go at them uh, w- with the bat thing. But once I found out, that's why it's outlawed. Well, I'm once like, again, yeah, she, yeah. I would have led the sh- sen- yeah, I would have led the show with it honestly. But once I found out, that was fine. <laughs> Let me just say this. Let's get this out of the way early. Once again, 
television sensationalizing things while radio <laughs> we, right. we there you go and buddy podcast, we don't do that we just come on and give honest opinions um the valdez thing i mean it's interesting but if you look at his numbers like none of his his spin rates were up you know if you're looking for for reasons to believe the guy is cheating like you know, the Musgrove thing made sense, you know, in, in New York with the Mets. Like, his spin rate was up by, like, a 1,000 RPMs. Like, yeah, that's probably something you want to check out. Um, his, his spin rates were up by 75 rates per minute. I know that's, like, incredibly inside baseball and nerdy, but, like, <laughs> it, it's, it wasn't like his curveball is up by a ton, you know, and, and it was, like, colder down in Houston. It was actually shocking. I was kind of disappointed in Houston. You know, I left here. It was like 60 degrees. I was like, oh, sweet. Going to Houston. It's going to be at least in the 80s. And then I got down there and it was like 70. And I was like, this is a disaster. I brought shorts. I was freezing on the plane when I got back today. (laughs) Anyway, it wasn't that it wasn't that hot. You're a grown man. No more. No more shorts on the plane. Yeah. Well, well well said. Totally disagree. Totally disagree. Grow up. If I'm going to a warm climate, I will wear shorts on the plane and I'll suck it up for the first half of the trip so that I know that when I get there, I won't be sweating, uh, you know, in a, in a bad scenario. So, but it was a colder night in Houston. It was like 65 degrees. As someone who's just there, I think I'd know. Um, and, and, <laughs> <The> flex. <laughs> and, and I, like pitchers, pitchers find spots to where they can get some kind of, some kind of sweat and get some kind of tackiness. You know, if you're going to outlaw spider tackle, you got to find it because then your hands get dry and you can't get spin on pitches. Like I, I, I just, I find it very hard to believe these guys get checked after every inning that they were just like, eh, we'll let it go tonight. You know, it, it felt like a lot of excuse making for a game in which we didn't really expect them to win. And we would, we were getting greedy. Think they thinking they'd go out too well. So for me, I felt like Valdez was just trying to find moisture spots. Maybe there's something wherever, but you've got to find moisture. If you're going to be able to spin curveballs the way he spins curveballs, you know, and I, I just, I, I, I find it very hard to believe that they would allow cheating and, and not check it at this point in the season. Major, it, this it, like you said before, Shield, this was the biggest stain on Major League Baseball, maybe in our lifetimes from a cheating perspective, certainly in decades. Like, you think Major League Baseball... In the World Series, when everyone is watching and people are on Twitter talking about it and stuff, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, nothing to see here. Like, that's not, like you don't think they're checking him? You don't think they're on top of this? Like, like of course they are. Of course they are. Like, look, you never know how creative people can get, right? And we saw it with steroids and all this stuff where Good it's point. like you stay ahead Good of the point. test. You never know. But, like... <laughs> Odds are Jack's correct. He was just looking for moisture and is maybe the, he knows that the wrist spot there sweats a little bit more for him and he's able to get moisture off it or whatever. It's just like Occam's razor says that major league baseball would not let the biggest cheating scandal in the history or certainly in the last whatever since 1919 in the freaking sport happen in the world series. Now when everyone knows about it, like it just is so improbable. Like I just, I can't believe that's what happened. It feels Listen. like loser talk, to Jack's point. I hate to say it, but it feels like <laughs> loser talk. We lost. It's okay. We won an all-time World Series game in game one. We're coming home. We're 5-0 and at CBP. It's okay. As listeners know, I've embraced uh, full homerism with the Phillies, full uh, sports hate 
with the Phillies. And so, uh, listen, I'm open to the possibility that the Astros found new ways to cheat, and that makes the experience uh, very fun for me to think that maybe they are. I think the biggest, uh, you know, point against it would be kind of, you know, what you said. The Phillies wouldn't just be letting that go if they thought something was wrong. This is the World Series, Game 2 of the World Series. So if you thought they were doing something untoward, uh, you would probably call them out. So I think that's I did think, listen, coincidence or not, the Dusty, you know, challenges the Sosa thing and then, you know, buy some time and then next to Bat Bergman homers. I don't know. Uh, maybe just Well, that's, that's more gamesmanship. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was, I, I agree with you. That was annoying and I think it made a difference. I think it threw Wheeler off, but that's baseball at least. That's something managers do. We see that all the time. I mean, remember in the, the Cardinals series, Marmol, what he did, like how annoying that was yeah. and it didn't come back to bite them, but like that's that's baseball. That's gamesmanship. That's very different from saying someone is using an illegal substance to yeah. gain an advantage. You know? I also Unless, think, of course, it was to get their operation intact, so that he knows, you know, what pitches can be. <laughs> Listen, I'm just I'm just the host here, trying to you know throw out different is theories. It, yeah, is yeah. Naya feeding you this? <laughs> uh, it sounds like a Naya oh, yeah. take. She, oh, yeah. we've heard she's about all it. into yes. them cheating. Yeah, yes. there's no doubt about I it. I actually think, <laughs> I think that I think Major League Baseball would have set a dangerous precedent <laughs> had they overturned this to play because anyone that's played the game knows that you don't really have to touch second base like it's it's been in the game forever where you just got to slide past it so to avoid the runner and and keep playing on i actually think that major league baseball got in their ear and said don't overturn this because then they're going to start checking every play at second base yeah and they never touch the bag like i'm just telling you they never touch the bag at second base because they want to get out of the way and create a, a clean throwing lane to first base so uh, listen, uh, there's a lot of theories going on in this podcast. <laughs> We're getting very deep. I very much appreciate it. We're getting very deep. All right, let's finish and look ahead. You guys are staying up late. We're past 1 a.m. We've got a, you know, I've got a London game to watch in eight and a half hours. We've got oh, a, we got a, a London a, game to gamble on, pal. I don't care about you watching it. We're hot over here. These, I, I don't need these London games. Uh, I am anymore. hoping, I am just hoping yeah. my daughter lets me sleep through the London game. That's yeah. my goal for tomorrow. Yes. yes. There you go. All right, let's finish with a little look ahead. Okay, they're coming back like you mentioned. Everyone take a deep breath. 1-1. One, one. Coming back to Citizens Bank Park. We know what that place is going to be like. They have not lost there yet. This is a good situation to be in. Let's talk about the pitching matchup. Syndergaard on Monday. Suarez, game four. McCullers, game three. Javier, right? Game four for the Astros. Who wants this one? Who, who wants to size up the pitching matchups for me? Don't everyone volunteer at Fritzy. once. Fritzy, Fritzy, go ahead, Fritzy. Fritzy. He, li he likes a pitching matchup. He's a right? pitching yeah. matchups guy. Fritzy. I'll talk yeah. about the vibes and all that. I yeah. like that. I like that. All right, Fritzy, pitching matchups, games three and four. How do we feel about it? Lance McCullers is not coming in here winning a playoff game. I, I yeah. said that. I said that before the series. I said that on our podcast tonight. I'm saying it here now. 3-5 ERA on the road, different pitcher at home, like 1-5 at home. So um, I think Lance McCullers is very talented, but I also think he's a high-energy pitcher. And when he gets into the – like, I feel like he's just going to be extra amped up trying to prove to, to Citizens Bank Park that you're not getting to him. I think they're going to get to him. So um, And by the way, come, come, flexor tendon injury made eight regular season starts, right? I mean, he, he it's not like he – pitched the entire season and was like, I don't yeah. think he pitched till August 13th. I know, but yeah, 
track record suggests he's pretty good at, at in, in the he's, he's pitching he's pitching a lot of big games i'll put it that way but um i think he's one of those guys that's going to be really really amped up for a game in philadelphia it reminds me now he's better than this guy um because i think this guy stinks but it reminds me of the same thing with clevenger like i was like no way mike clevenger's coming in here and pitching well yeah. and i think that's going to happen to mccullers now it's on thor to channel it be good um and I got to be honest, like I was not a Thor guy. I didn't want them to trade for him. Uh, I thought he was a disaster here. And like he was just a, a merchant of playing off of like the Nationals, Marlins. Like they, he went through that stretch where it's like he's not playing anyone. He's not pitching against Merchant? Anyone. What vocabulary from this guy? No James. big deal to me. Um, no big deal Kind of a all. weird word to use there, but <laughs> let's go with it. Yeah. Um, but like he's, you know, he's facing a lot of bad teams. And, and you know, I didn't trust him in any playoff starts. But so far this postseason, he's pretty good opening up that game against the Braves. And he's pretty good at out of the bullpen against the Padres. So like. Maybe they have something here to where he could be okay. And he's pitching in World Series games before. He's pitching in bigger games. So we get it. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. Javier scares me. Um, I know it's Ranger. I know, um, you know, he's, he's, he, people feel good about where we're at with Ranger, and I do too. I just think Christian Javier is pretty good. Um, and then game five, like I've said this a thousand times, like I need Justin Verlander here because I just, I, I need to beat him. Um, so I think the Phillies have the pitching advantage in two out of the two out of the three here. Hopefully you can win a bullpen game on, on Monday. Hopefully Ranger pitches well on, on Tuesday, and then Nola can close or uh, yeah, Nola can close it out or send us back to Houston where we got wheels in game six. James, what do you think? Take take two out of three at home and then go back and see what happens and, and win one of the final two, or are you feeling just uh there's no need to go back to Houston. They haven't lost a game yet at Citizens Bank Park. Why start now? I'm going to believe they're going to lose a playoff game at Citizens Bank Park when it happens. Like I like it. I don't know. We've talked about this. All three of us have been in that building for different games this run, and I've never felt anything like it in my life. I've never been in a stadium that felt that way, certainly not a baseball stadium. I've never been in a baseball stadium as loud, as intense, and I think I said this last time, but I'm not like a big home field in baseball guy. I've never really thought that that it's a a big difference maker. Maybe it can make a small difference or whatever. But you know, this is this feels real to me. Like it feels like Citizens Bank Park in this playoff run with the emotion and the energy and the electricity that has come from an 11 year you know gap between being there. I yeah. I, I I just think it's different there, and I think it's a really tough place to come into and win. And could a team do it? Sure. But I just, I need to see it before I'm going to believe it's going to happen. I think the play, Phillies players have fed off the crowd. I think we're going to see the lineup, you know, be better than they were tonight. I think they're going to put up some runs against both McCullers and Javier. And I like, I feel really good about Ranger. You know, obviously he had that first bad start after the the layoff in, in Atlanta, but he's looked really good in every spot he's been put in since and obviously moved around to different spots. And, and to Jack's point, you know, I, I was not a center guard guy either, but, you know, he's kind of got a calm about him in the playoffs. I felt good about him in that three-inning start he had, in the inning of relief he pitched. Like, you know, it just feels like it doesn't feel like it's been too big for him yet. And I, I feel pretty decent with him going out there. So, you know, I know it's kind of, you know, it's not super analytical or it's not necessarily the most, um, you know, something I can, you know, present a lot of evidence to support. but. It just it just feels different at Citizens Bank Park right now, and and I need to see 
a game go because I've seen all these games, right? We've seen games where they, you know, just beat the crap out of teams like those two against the Braves. And we've seen games where they're down four nothing and come back yeah. to tie it four four and then go down six four and tie it again and win that game. We've seen them be down uh, you know, a run in the eighth inning, you know, down at, with the the going against a really good bullpen pitcher in Suarez with Hater looming and win that game. Like we've seen them win so many different kind of games already in those five games that I just I feel really confident with this team at Citizens Bank Park. So that's really where my head's at. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not even just a like vibes and tangibles thing as fans. Like I I think the point you made, the players seem to, they have found a way to perform differently in that environment where it doesn't always go that way. You could feel more stress at home. You could feel the anxiety, the pressure, and that hasn't been the case. You get the random guys stepping up. You get Reese Hoskins going off, which man, it'd be nice that, you know, if he uh, hits a home run, Bryce Harper, I just feel like Bryce Harper coming off this game and then going back home is going to be a monster in those three games. I mean, you know, the, he didn't come through in this game and we didn't even talk about it because it's like, who cares? The guy has come through <laughs> in every single other spot. He's allowed to have one game where he doesn't do it. And so he's going to be fine coming back. And Schwarber, those bombs that he you know, almost had at the end there, I think those are going to happen when they come back home. Last question I wanted to ask. Uh, Bryson Stott should not, should, should there be any reason to take him out of the lineup? I mean, no. his approach is just, can he just hang out with every other player and be like, this is what I do. Now, maybe a little more of this would help, right? There's no reason for him to be out of the lineup the rest of the series, regardless of who's pitching agree or disagree. Jack. Uh, totally I, I, I agree. Forgot. Um, and <laughs> I look at Munoz Sosa a lot. He's just, he's a utility guy. You know, I think he comes in and plays defense late for Bohm. Um and whatnot, like he should not be starting at this point over Bryson Stott. Like Bryson Stott is working really good at bats. Um, yes. like that at bat tonight was was ridiculous. Oh, you know, to beautiful. be to come out to, pretty much cold off the bench to hopping into that moment in a World Series game. Like again, I, I said this on our pod. I said on Twitter. Like I I keep thinking about how good this guy's going to be two years from now, and like yes. as he's going to continue to get better. And and I think what we're seeing here is our future leadoff hitter. Like I love Schwarber. You know, I think he's a good leadoff hitter, um, but it'd be nice to have a guy that can do that at the top of the lineup and then move Schwarber down to where he can, you know, do damage and, and hopefully keep some home runs foul or keep home runs fair. Yeah, keep them fair. Keep them fair. That stupid Chick-fil-A thing makes it all confusing. I mean, really? You need to put the Chick-fil-A thing on the uh, foul pole there? All right. That'll wrap it up. I gotta let you guys. I mean, I hope I have. I hope you guys get some sleep, get some rest. I mean, this is a very uh, intense time of the year for you two. I appreciate you did your pod, then you're coming on doing my pod. Then I mean, you you said your daughter doesn't wake you up. Jack's got a kid on the way. I mean, Jack is falling asleep on the microphone here. Uh, James, get the get the plugs out. I mean, high hopes. I hope is doing just uh, ridiculous numbers this time of year. Great Phillies podcast. Uh, plug that. Plug whatever else you want to before we yeah start. look to your point about the the run as i've just accepted that not having a voice is going to be part of my like narrative of this run like it's just what it is it's it's gone and i don't know choke if it's ever going to come back is what we call yeah, it. Absolute yeah. Hey, choke hey, job. you sound I'm, great jack what are you i'm showing up, up here lemon tea thank or you. what i mean your hold voice on. sounds you, hold on hold on that's not you. fair that's not fair <laughs> one of us was in attendance last night in houston taking on an entire city <laughs> um, while someone was just sitting on a couch. So how does one person lose their voice versus someone who's actually out there, <laughs> boots on the ground? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess one of us just cares more is the thing. One of us has a playoff beard too. Let's not forget that, all right? One of us is pulling out all the stops. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying. 
Uh, check out Diop's podcast. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been an unbelievable run. Like we we've done this pod for for five plus years, and we've uh, we've watched so much horrible baseball, and uh, it's nice to to not watch horrible baseball and, and talk about fun stuff. So uh, yeah, check out the pod. We have a lot of fun with it. Seltzer does sound like he's smoking a pack a day at this point. Like it's <laughs> it's really impressive. Like he's back to his old twenty uh, year old days where he's like, ah, let's 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 rip some heaters. Um, <laughs> nice use of heaters there. That's strong. People don't use heaters merchant. enough there. I yeah, still merchant. merchant. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a it's a term the kids. Do you know use what merchant days. means? Yeah. Do you? Fantastic. Merchant. It's a, ter- it's a term the kids there use. There you these go. Days. We're going Shakespeare, huh? I like it. Listen, as right. you know, you're a big Shakespeare guy, Jack. When you think of Jack Fritz, you also think of Shakespeare. You know, yes. like yes. someone that's well versed in the arts. Um, I mean, there's no more no more overrated historical person in the world than Shakespeare. Oh my god! I mean, oh, you, yeah. you wrote a couple See, plays, see, and, and, and we've this reached why, the end of yeah, the podcast. This is, exactly. this is why you listen to the High Hopes Pod. You'll get yes. more of those takes. I don't want to steal all your good takes here, uh, Jack. So save some of those for your podcast. All right. Big <laughs> thanks to these guys for joining me. It's fun every single time they have. Definitely go subscribe, follow, rate, review to the High Hopes Pod. You can also listen to them. Uh, work on the mics or behind the scenes on 94.1 WIP. It's 1-1. We're going to get over this loss quickly. We're going to be back Monday. The, the ballpark is going to be raucous. It's going to be Halloween. Everyone's going to be lubed up. It's going to be like a Monday night football crowd on steroids there at Citizens Bank Park. It's going to be a lot of fun. Three games. Are we back row. Monday or, or is, is uh, how is this whole you, thing working No, out? you guys are back anytime you want, but I, I need you to get some rest. Like, I'm not going to have any more asks of you. I'm going to give you like 24 hours and then you'll get a text from me like, have you Love guys it. recovered? What state are you in right now? Uh, I have openings, but you don't have to do it type ass. So we will get to that. All right, that's the Ringers Philly special. We'll be back. Another night, me and Solak talking Eagle Steelers. They'll be back Monday. They'll be back Tuesday. They'll be back at least Wednesday because they'll be back Thursday for Eagles, Texas. So every night you are getting a post-game pod on this feed. Thank you to Jack Fritz, James Seltzer. I am Shiel Kapadia, and we will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>